0: The blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, Podcasting After Dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com podcastingafterdark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon, or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us, and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us.
1: Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth, cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team. Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, is Zach the Snack Schaefer. Yo. (laughs) And, as always, ever since episode two of TV Obscura is A. Diallo Jackson, the Armageddon.
2: Hello. How are you today?
0: back from Hawaii yes how are yes. you, how are you know, feeling huh? buddy uh, we were talking a little bit offline it was quite a uh, an adventure for you huh
2: yeah it was pretty cool so my uh, you know I went to school there so um, it's always like I consider it a, another home and uh, I did for the first time I actually did like touristy stuff there so that was pretty fun um, so yeah I had a re- very relaxing living the life, and now I'm back in, um, in the grind, and, um, I'm hurting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're burying, you're burying the lead there, you used to work at a Blockbuster video in Hawaii. Oh, yeah,
2: I did, yeah, I worked at the Blockbuster video there, was, I was in my old neighborhood, took a tour of where I used to live, and, um, yeah, didn't quite get to where the Blockbuster was, but, um, you know, no doubt it's not there anymore. But I, I don't, I don't know what it is. So,
1: <laughs> Diallo told a Diallo told a great story uh, about working at Blockbuster on two dollar late fees Patreon. Tales from the Video Store. If you guys are interested, go to two dollar late fees uh, pay two dollar late fees website and click on our Patreon page or <laughs> for go, more info.
0: Or go directly to patreon.com slash two dollar late fee and that's T W O right. Bingo. Bingo.
1: Yep. It's the first thing you pull up if you type in the search. Yeah. Even if you're just looking for it, it's there.
0: Yeah. And I've told uh, some stories as well, and I'm going to be back on as well. Yes, you are. And we also know that we have a lot of cross pollination uh, with our Patreon accounts. So, you know, so thank you guys. Stream crossing. You had a lot of crossing the (laughs) street. A little little (laughs) Ghostbusters reference, but I'll I'll take it. (laughs)
1: Diallo joined, I think, so Corey joined for um, one of our uh, What Does Dustin Know segments, which is a trivia thing, which is really funny. And Diallo joined us for Why Does Zach Own This, uh, where I feature things from my vault closet where people wonder, why does Zach own this? So Diallo got to see one of the many weird things that I own, so... Exclusive to Patreon. Exclusive to Patreon.
0: And Mm. while we're talking Patreon, (laughs) guys and gals... Yeah, please. uh, For our Patreon, Podcast After Dark's Patreon, uh, Zach and I are going to introduce a new show this uh, month. And it's going to replace our interview series. It's going to be at the same tier and the same price as our interviews, um, but it's going to replace the interviews. The interviews are now going to get moved to the free feed. We're still going to conduct interviews, and we're always going to release them first on Patreon, but they're all eventually going to come to the free feed. And the new show that Zach and I are starting is called, it's a mini series. The tier is now going to be a mini series tier, so there's going to be, like, sort of, after we're done one series, we can go on to the next one. So so our first miniseries is going to be The Carpenter Factor, and we are essentially going to go through John Carpenter's entire movie catalog, starting with Dark Star this month, all the way up until, you know, until he's done, essentially, to the last movie that's in his IMDb Rolodex, and uh, you know, it's not going to be a full movie breakdown, it's going to be a freeform discussion, probably the length and style of a Wrap Up After Dark episode, so we're probably looking at like, you know, 90 minutes, something like that, uh, hour and 15 minutes, hour hour half and we are going to obviously revisit the thing and revisit Prince of Darkness but one of the things we want to look at as a part of the series is how each movie also fits into the auteur's overall filmography so we're basically just going to be talking John Carpenter, you know, his influences you know, how the movie that we're talking about at the time fits those influences, like fits his catalog yada yada yada, it's going to be a deep dive into one of our favorite filmmakers of all time
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I thought we were doing the music of Karen Carpenter. (laughs) We've only
2: just begun to live. Fun fact,
1: if you there's a disturbing documentary that's hosted by her brother uh, and, you know, when when she dies and he's like, my sister died and it was very sad. It was a very sad day but we were all very happy and like the whole time he's light through the whole thing I'm like dude you're creepy and you kind of aided aided and abetted to your sister's eating disorder.
0: Yeah, cuz she died of bulimia or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and bulimia, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a rumor that he was involved.
0: And and she that's she's the Carpenters, that the show the the band the Carpenters. That was that's her them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. her and her brother. Yeah. And she was a sick drummer. She like was she was a sick
2: drummer. Like she was crazy. Yeah. Like the chick and,
1: from uh white stripes type shit. Like yeah. she was
2: that good. You ever watch it t- It's crazy to watch her drumming back there. It's a, it's a, it's yep. really amazing.
0: Did it get to the She's, point where like she physically couldn't drum anymore because like her strength wasn't there.
1: Well, she became like the, because she became such a, the prominent figure in the group. She was like just the vocalist. She okay. like went the Phil Collins route where she stopped playing the drums and uh, you know, tremendous stress and pressure to look a certain way yada yada yeah. yada it's such a shame because she was f- so good man she was so talented her and her brother i i don't you know i, I just it was a vibe i got from him in this documentary i'm like eh, there's something fishy going on there but um yeah I, I i'm i'm bummed that we're not doing karen carpenter oh but i am excited <laughs> about John Carpenter. There
0: you go. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to talk about
1: like, movies like Starman and Big Trouble we in Little about? China. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but we got, we going to have some good old times. And we are going to start, like you said, with Dark Star and make our way all the way up to... Uy, yeah. Oh, yeah, The last movie he did
0: <laughs> I mean it means we're going to have to tackle Ghosts of Mars It means we're going to have to tackle uh, memorize, Memoirs of an Invisible Man
1: But so- he did a movie soon Like uh, maybe 10 years ago uh, It's like set in an insane asylum I think
0: uh, Yeah we're going to tackle it So <laughs> Yeah yeah, we'll we'll see if maybe I think he has a, a couple episodes of something under his belt. We're not going to do any of his short films before Dark Star, but if there, yeah. if we come across something like wonky, like an episode of Masters of Horror, we'll try yeah, to watch. We'll try to watch that as well. We'll try to find that as well. So we're going to try to be as all encompassing as possible. And who knows? By the end of it, maybe we'll even like take an episode to review like an album or something of his. That might be kind of neat, something different to do. Um, but just. Just to let you guys know, that's what's changing uh, in this year, in 2020, essentially, with our Patreon. So, but Zach and I do feel that, it, you know, we're going to leave the tier price the same because we think you'll get the same, if not more, value out of the uh, the shows. And we know how much you guys all love John Carpenter, too.
1: Oh, yeah, and you guys love us. So, yeah. the feeling is, you know, it's all good. Maybe Diallo will join us on, a, on an episode or two
2: or three yeah. or four or eight. I would definitely and, uh, join you for the Starman episode so I can sing... Calling occupants of interplanetary craft.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, guys and gals. Y'all is gonna be on the Starman episode. You know, and you know, David Irons right now is going. Wait, guys, I, I want to be on. Yeah. I want to be on an episode we'll, we'll too. We'll have David on as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody yeah. can pop on. It'll be yeah. fun. It'll be a fun yeah. little. It'll be a fun little ditty. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wait, guys, I've actually never seen Starman.
0: Actually. Oh,
1: what? What? what, what,
0: what?
2: Yeah, it just dawned on me right now.
1: Oh, it'll it'll bring a
0: tear to your eye. I, I I remember like being a kid and renting Starman. Like like my mom rented it for us and <laughs> I was like excited to see it and then me and my, I think me and Luke watched it and we were like that was not what we were expecting. <laughs> no,
1: it's 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 I mean, well, we'll save it for the uh, proper episode, but it, it's it's a departure for Mr. Carpenter. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. to bring to bring it back to TV Obscura, I did watch the Starman tv show starring robert hayes so yes that
0: show is the sh- i remember
2: yeah. that show actually uh, too yeah. but yes thank you
0: diallo <laughs> thank you for for reeling us back in this is tv obscura guys and gals uh, as you've probably figured out by now uh this is going to be a live action episode because we usually leapfrog do one cartoon then a live action so this, I guess the theme for this episode is late 90s TV series, right?
1: <laughs> well, I was going to title it uh, Two Dudes on Bikes and a Coffin. Mm. And th- because two of the episodes have dudes on bikes. <laughs> and like messengers, a- two two messengers and a coffin. There you go.
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Does my episode have a mes- A guy on a messenger bike
0: in it? Uh, I think you just Because the episode a of Strange Luck
1: I watch, it doesn't, but yeah. the episode of Strange Luck I watch
0: does. <laughs> so, the shows that we are discussing, uh, I will be up first with MANTIS, that's all caps with periods, it's an acronym, MANTIS mm-hmm. from 1994, it was a Fox show, one season. Uh, then, up next will be Diallo with Strange Luck. That was 1995, also a Fox show, also one season. And then finally, Zach will be talking to us about Good versus Evil, and that was a- G t- versus E. G, A.K.A. G versus E, and that was a show that came on uh, 1999, it was two seasons, and uh, what was that, like TBS or USA or something?
1: USA <laughs> for one season, sci-fi for the second one.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, it, oh, so sci-fi picked it up on the second season. Um, yeah. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Um, but before we do, Mantis. Mantis was an American sci-fi TV series for Fox that aired for one season, 22 episodes, from 1994 to ninety-five. It was created by Sam Raimi and Sam Hamm. Uh, Sam Hamm, famous for writing the, the Tim Burton Batman film, uh, and I believe Batman Returns as well. Um, With the first episode, not the TV movie, but the first episode was directed by David Nutter, uh, famous for Game of Thrones and Space Above and Beyond, a show that we covered on TV Obscura. Uh, While the TV movie was filmed in L.A., the series was filmed in Vancouver. Speaking of the TV movie, the only person to make it through the massive retooling between the movie and the TV series was Carl Lumley as Dr. Hawkins. Uh, More changes were made mid-season of the show. Uh, Like, basically, they dropped his, like, sassy maid played by uh, Lorena Gale. Uh, She was dropped, and more fantasy elements were added to the back end of season one uh, and incorporated stuff like time travel, parallel universes, and monsters, all to kind of try to counteract very, very low ratings. Uh, Of course, it always seems like Creatives decide just to go more fantasy, throw in more fantasy elements, and that'll pick things up. Uh, We actually saw that with Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea as well. Now, here's the biggest thing with with Mantis. There is a 90-minute made-for-TV movie, and then there is the series. The made-for-TV movie had an impressive cast of actors uh, like Gina Torres, um, uh, Marcia uh, Cross... Philip Baker Hall, and Steve James. Uh, the ongoing series featured people like Roger Rees and Galen Gorge. Uh, she was in Point Break. She was in RoboCop 2. She was the, the girlfriend in RoboCop 2. She was also in Judgment Night. Uh, unfortunately, both Galen Gorge and Roger Rees are, have both passed. Uh, uh, they're no longer with us anymore. Um, other changes that happened between the... the 90-minute made-for-TV movie and the TV show. Uh, they dropped a lot of the the social commentary, uh, some of the more nuanced social commentary that they were doing in the the movie. They dropped that. Again, they dropped pretty much every single actor. They dropped his... Like African student assistants that I really like. They dropped them. Um, they dropped a lot of people and a lot of things to try to make it. I guess I don't know. It, it honestly, I'm, I don't know if a better way to say it. They whitewashed it. They whitewashed the the series from from the movie. Um, I watched the movie, and I believe Diallo did too.
2: Correct, Diallo? Yeah, I did watch the movie.
0: Okay. And I also watched the first episode of the proper series to see what the differences are. And Zach, you watched the first episode, correct?
1: I did, and I didn't realize Galen Gorge or Gorge was has passed away. It's Such a bummer.
0: Yes, yeah, she passed away in twenty twenty. I don't know. Hopefully, She's I don't know She was only co- fifty
1: five years old. Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: The first episode in the proper series does feature Brian James, who we all love, and he kind of is is playing a a foil to uh carl lumley's character of miles uh, hawkings kind of like another co-creator of some stuff another scientist type of thing they also uh roger Rees plays like the co-developer of the mantis suit um which he wasn't in the the pilot movie
1: he's great by the way
0: yeah he's he's actually really good actor but man the the show itself lost a lot of charm and and we'll get into that in, in a second but Another thing that they also dropped from the movie to the TV series in the movie, he kind of wears like a suit and trench coat over his, his mantis costume, which I always thought was cool. They dropped that for him just to have the mantis costume, which I do think looks neat, but I always liked the trench coat over it. I always thought that was, uh, was really neat. Uh, he also had a, the ability to hypnotize people with his goggles in the, the movie pilot, but they dropped that, uh, for the series as well. But, what maintains is his super cool weapon where what he does, and I've never seen another superhero ever do this, anything like it. He shoots you with a dart that essentially non-lethally freezes you in place, and they do some Fun stuff with that, like having the actors like in mid-swing of like a baseball bat, like getting like, you know, frozen and stuff like that. Of course, it's non-lethal, so they kind of like thaw out later and everything, but it's a really, really cool power that I think is something that I'm surprised other people haven't tapped into it, something like that. But right now it's very much mantis. Um why I picked this because I freaking loved it as a kid. I watched the hell out of this show when when I was in high school. This came out, like I said, in uh, 94 to 95. So I was in 10th uh, to 11th grade. And I watched the, the pilot, and I do have fond memories of that, but I also watched the series. Pretty sure I watched... All of it, all the way through. I loved it. Um, I didn't really know Carl Lumley uh, from anything else prior to that, um, but I was just mesmerized by him. I think he's absolutely amazing. I still love him. I love seeing him pop up in in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and but but like I think the like what really kind of stuck with me was the the costume design i thought it was just a cool ass costume and it and it has lots of vibes of you know batman slash maybe green hornet his car can like fly and do things but at the end of the day i gotta say the made for tv movie was so much better than the first episode. All the things that they were playing with, uh, him getting, you know, basically he got paralyzed at the riots and the LA riots and stuff. Like there was this real world, like aspect to to the TV show, especially maybe because it was also filmed in LA as well. But I really liked the social commentary that they were doing in this TV movie. I mean, they were playing up on a lot of themes that are... Pretty much in place still today, you know, like the you know people in power kind of manipulating the media, manipulating people to kind of stay in power, you know, kind of trying to keep other people down and stuff. It was it was pretty freaking awesome. And Zach, I know you didn't watch it, but I would highly recommend going back and watching that pi- uh, that movie pilot, because I think it's done really, really well. And it's kind of like light years, more sophisticated than the actual series itself.
1: I liked, I liked the first episode that I watched. Um, I thought it had a lot of charm to it. At first I was like, oh, Mantis looks a little bit like Bible Man to me. <laughs> <With> the, uh, <laughs> is that Bible Man? <laughs> um, but uh, and, and then the annoying uh, bike messenger who becomes their buddy, kind of like the assistant in the, uh, in the group, uh, you know, the, the guy in the ground. Um, I thought he was a cool character. Uh, man. Yeah. Galen Gorge is, is gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> uh, and, and a really good actor. And I, I actually really liked the premise of the episode, uh, dealt with kind of what we're dealing with right now. Like, um, what do you call them? Viruses, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and, and so, um, I can see the, 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 potential to know that Steve James, this was, that was Steve James last project he worked on before he passed away. Uh, it's pretty, it's sad, but also, you know, sounds like a fitting tribute because he, he was good in it. Yeah. Uh, I like the show. I like the, 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 the I like the development that could have been, uh, which was probably obviously established in the TV movie. Um, and man, yeah, the lead actor is phenomenal. I, as I'm watching, him, am like, "Why does he look so familiar?" And then when you mentioned Falcon Winter Soldier, I'm like, "Holy shit, yeah. that's perfect!"
0: And, and of course, um, the first time I when I was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier and he popped up, I I literally became the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood meme where I was holding my <laughs> beer can and pointing, and I go, "Mantis!"
2: <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. That's so
1: cool. I, yeah, I thought I I overall I really enjoyed it. I would continue to watch more of it. I missed it when I was a kid. Um, be, just you know life and i think i was consumed with wrestling at the time in 1994 uh so that everything else took away went to the wayside uh what does the acronym stand for in mantis because in the tv show the first episode uh the the, the messenger boys like he looked like a you know like the like a like a mantis and that's how they kind of gave him the moniker of mantis
0: yeah, so it's a little bit different for the TV movie than it is for the TV series. The TV movie was mechanically augmented neurotransmitter interception system changed to mechanically augmented neurotransmitter interactive system so they didn't want to make him an interception but he made him an interaction so yeah it's it's a long acronym <laughs> for for mantis <laughs>
1: well it's it, it's like shield you know no yeah. one will remember what shield stands for but they know what uh the name so yeah that that's cool i mean look one thing i wanted to point out about that first episode and i think uh when i had mentioned the, the two dudes on bikes two messengers and a coffin uh, because Diallo didn't watch that first episode that that main character, one of the main characters is a messenger. And then in the strange luck episode, we watched uh, there's a messenger in that as well, but there's a, there's a minivan versus garbage truck car chase scene in the Mantis episode. Number (laughs) one. I'm like, I've never seen that before. Garbage (laughs) truck versus minivan. Who will win? That was pretty cool.
0: And there was there was a cool aspect in the TV movie that I think they dropped for the series, which was he was getting addicted to wearing the suit. So the more he would wear the suit, the less and it wasn't it was it was kind of a twofold addiction. It was like a mental addiction and a physical addiction. And the longer he chose to be the superhero and wear the suit, the less likely they would ever be able to like basically fix his back again. Essentially he would become more and more dependent on the suit completely. And I thought that was kind of an idea, neat idea. Um, the made for TV movie definitely had, had some ideas that they were playing with, uh, Diallo. What, what did you think of the made for TV movie and what was your experience with the series prior to this?
2: So I actually never watched it and I always kind of turned my nose up to it actually. Um, and but it was I didn't really know what it was about. It just I remember there being the image of the mantis character in the ads, and it just I didn't like the look of it, and it just looked really weird. And like Zach said, it was uh, he looked like a Bible man or something like that. Um, so I never <laughs> watched. Willie it. Then,
1: for life. <laughs> yeah right.
2: Um, but it's Limbeck from uh, Charles in Charge. Um, so then down <laughs> down the down through the years you know um alias was on and then um he voiced uh martian manhunter on uh justice league cartoons carl Lumbly and i i I started kind of like getting into like what his career was and i looked back and i saw that he was in mantis and then i was actually kind of interested to watch it but i never did um he's also in a really good episode of battlestar galactica um and the the, re,
0: the remake uh the, the one we the watched re- like the new yeah
2: the new one yeah the, the, it was uh he played uh forget the guy's name he he it was an episode where he had um he had appeared out of nowhere as a um colonial fighter um and the the Cylons had kept him captive all of that time oh yeah um, yeah cool um but anyways so i when i knew but when i knew that he was on mantis i had like a little bit more interest in watching it but you know it had been some 20 years after so i never really went back to watch it um so the watching the pilot was my very first experience with it i still so i still didn't like the costume um i liked the movie version like you said better the tv movie version better than i did the uh one for the series i liked the you know the um the trench code and and that kind of stuff and it definitely had uh dark man vibes to it um and also i realized in the closing credits dennis cohen who was a um artist uh, did a lot of milestone stuff for dc i think he uh i think he did um I, I keep wanting to say supreme, but it's not supreme. Um, but he did that. He did one of the characters that had, it's kind of like a Superman clone, and um, has a side, uh, kind of a sidekick. Um, anyways, he did the design for uh, Mantis, um, and so I had a little bit more like respect, I guess, for the the way the the style <laughs> that it was, um, because I mean it's a very distinct style. It's almost like. Like, the first time you see Jack Kirby's art and you don't know anything about art you're almost like wow that's really ugly but then when you kind of understand like the history of comic books and that kind of stuff then I could just have a better appreciation for it um, so anyways having said all that um, watch the episode um, I enjoyed it like I said I got a lot of um, I got a lot of uh, Dark man vibes in particular from it um, it felt more like something that would have been made in the 1980s rather than as a, a 1980s movie. And I'm saying that because you could tell that there wasn't the budget to do, like, a full production like they would have wanted to do, but, like, in the 80s. <laughs> this, this was in the 90s, but it was on TV, so then I understood that by the time the 90s had rolled around, um, you could do things better, but it was still on TV, so it didn't have that budget. So you you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I felt like you know I, I I wasn't in love with it, but I actually kind of appreciated uh, appreciated what they were trying to do more because I had actually no idea how like socially conscious it was trying to be. Like that completely was lost on me from any of the advertising from back back in the day. Um, and i
0: I don't think it was lost on you because i don't think it was there for the series but it was definitely there you know for the movie
2: okay yeah for the movie it was like front and center i do feel like it did have a little bit of a feeling though like and i i'm saying this mostly as a as a a black person in 2000 in 2020 2022 um looking back on how they did the writing and it did very much feel like it was a, a, like a white person writing black characters yeah. and black, yeah. um, issues. A lot of it, a lot of it, it's centered on what like we call black pain, which is like about being a black person in society and how bad it is. Except sometimes we just exist and we don't have to deal with all the, you know, all the isms all the time. So it, that, that part was, um, prevalent in a lot of it especially with the gangs and um kind of like Carl Carl Lumley. and I actually thought this was interesting he actually I thought this was an interesting character quirk in the TV movie anyway he was very much stiff and rigid and he was always trying to like teach even like the the gang members how to be better and he was actually they even said it in the in the in the TV movie that he was a republican or like he's he's <laughs> <laughs> that part funny. just made me really laugh. Um, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a it was a it was a way for them to write why like he has some kind of character flaw, and I, I laughed because the, the, his character flaw was that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and man, uh, yeah, no, it was it was really fun. I actually, really the what you were talking about with the darts and the um, the freezing that was like my favorite part, and yeah, that was yeah. the most unique thing. And I and I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, if they had, if they did it, you know, today, I would like to see a lot, um, like a better, like look and style of the armor and, um, some more use of the weapons that he could have done, but overall it was pretty fun. He had flying car Like what, what else, what else more do you want? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Flying car was dope.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's cool. And I, I do think it probably could make its way uh to modern times and get a reboot or something. I think uh there's there's room for it and I think he would be a cool superhero to mess with, you know, have, have actually out there doing stuff. So um, He could
1: teach uh him and him and um uh oh God. <clears throat> him and War Machine could team up as the uh two paraplegic <laughs> soldiers who could walk and walk with their suits
0: thanks to their suits (laughs) yes
2: did they go heavy into that in the i mean i think you mentioned already but like if from episode to episode did they did they like kind of talk about how he couldn't walk because it wasn't i mean they they touched on it obviously in the tv movie but um it didn't seem to like center around his dilemma if you get what i'm saying.
0: Yeah, the the TV series, at least the first episode that that I watched, it you know it does address it, and he does seem to be maybe dealing with like some uh, PTSD or depression from it. And that was mm-hmm. some that was like the thing I kind of liked about the the character in the T, at least in the TV movie, and I think they kind of do it in the show as well. He's not like the nicest guy in the world, which is kind of like cool. Like I'm like okay, he's not like. You know, a perfect good guy. He had a lot of flaws, and yeah, and his, I like that. And his yeah, exactly. And I, I like that too. And I think it opened up, you know, some would open up some nice, maybe conversations, some nice story arcs, and things like that. But I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the series that kind of falls to the back, to the wayside, f- for having the fantastical elements being pushed forward. You know, because like I said, I don't think this the the show didn't do well in the ratings.
1: I I will say too. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a critim, it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. Um, Brian James in the first episode, they dub his entire voice. Yeah, like, which is really weird. Oh, like, really? why did you dub him? And and I I didn't track the guy who plays like his his heavy his uh his like security guard with this really bad mullet. He looks like a Chuck Norris stand-in from the Hitman <laughs> that, that terrible movie. <laughs> um, I mean that amazing movie. Kidding. The guy's like, I just don't like his face. I don't like looking at him. You know what I mean. So, uh, but 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 Mantis was great, and like you said, uh, they they changed a lot of the cast over, but you know some of the some of the mainstays, some of the regulars on the show, pretty good. You know, yeah. and your boy your boy Gary Graham from uh, Alien Nation yeah. uh, shows up in later
0: episodes as well. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I saw that. Yeah, he's plays the I think the police chief or, or something like that. Um, yeah, and I think. I do think I would be I would be you know less critical of the of the first episode if I didn't watch that hour and a half pilot. But man, the quality of that TV movie was, and I don't just mean like like budget wise. I mean like what they were trying to say and do. I think that was that was really the highlight. And I do think that what the show that we got is a bit lesser than if they kind of expanded that storyline outwards.
1: I I will say right now if we ever do an episode where actually it'd be a great episode to do where we, we do uh TV series based off of movies. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've got one lined up one teed up right now where the pilot episode for this, this series that was based on a movie is, is so bad <laughs> compared to the original movie, which is why I want to do it. Cause I kind of want to go back down and just revisit to see how truly bad it was. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm remembering it as bad as it was. So, I'm just saying, you know, we we might have to go down that road. I'm
0: I'm always ready to go down those roads with you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so so that was Mantis, uh, a show that I remember fondly. Um, I loved at the time. And you know what? I I don't know if I would revisit the entire series, but I can highly recommend the TV movie. And I think that is where you should go if you have any interest in, in, you know, the show at all.
1: Was it a comic book by chance? Did they ever make it into a comic
0: book? Oh, oh, like post, like afterwards? Yeah. That, I don't think so. I didn't see anything on Wikipedia about it, but I do think it could have been, you know, like that, that would have been a good way to keep it going.
1: Yeah, they missed an opportunity there, especially with, um, I, I, I get it, like maybe it wouldn't fly so well in the paraplegic community because it's like maybe, I, who knows, maybe they'd be like against it because... You know, he's supposed to embrace the yeah, fact that I he's in a chair. Yeah. I, who knows? But I think it would be a great opportunity. Like, they could easily reboot this and a great opportunity to really empower people across the board, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: But whatever, yeah. whatever.
0: What, what are you going to do? do? I was do? If, if,
2: oh, I, I was impressed by the uh, the cast in the TV movie myself. Um, yeah. Like, Gina Torres. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, I didn't know she was, yeah. like, up and around doing stuff before. Well, before for, uh, for uh, Firefly, Firefly, you know, yeah. um, and then and a Marsha Marsha Cross who was just like coming off of um, I think she was right around the time she would have been on Melrose Place. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So it, that, that was, she... it was that was pretty interesting.
1: Was she in Desperate Housewives also? Yeah, she was. She was one
2: of yeah. the um, okay. mainstays of that I... of that show.
0: I remember that Melrose Place episode where she takes off her wig and you see her, yeah. her horrible burned oh, head yes. or whatever. Yeah, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, so good. Ooh, big burned in my memory. <laughs> we're, we're
1: gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do nighttime soap opera yeah. shows. Yeah. Fuck
0: yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Hey everybody, Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short
2: messages. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Breden Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there. I'm Adiello Jackson, writer of the First Noëls Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vella if you want to take a read. Thanks and see you in Adelan. The winter tell is almost here. And
0: now, back to the show. Shit, nighttime soap operas. Uh, one of my, my notes here for Strange Luck is this is a nighttime show because, like, 80% of it takes place at nighttime. Uh, Di- <laughs> Diallo, you want to take us into uh, the D.B. Sweeney uh, vehicle, Strange Luck?
2: Yes, let's get into it. Strange Luck. Uh, it premiered in, on Fox September fifteenth, nineteen 1995, Um, It was created by Carl Schaefer. No relation. I
1: wish. I have an uncle named Carl. uh,
2: Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's been holding out on you. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Get those strange luck
0: residuals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, kind of like, you know, Carl Schaefer, just a little bit, something that's kind of interesting about him is actually he's actually been involved with and created quite a few genre shows outside of strange luck, so... He created Z Nation. I know Corey used to watch that.
0: Yeah, and, love that. Uh, yeah, that was cool.
2: Area Indiana. He created um, oh, I and love he that show. wrote and produced um, uh, Black Summer, which is you know kind of a spinoff oh. of Z Nation. Eureka. I love
0: Black Summer. It's a great show.
2: Yeah, I love Black Summer. At least I love Black Summer season one. Um, and he was an executive producer on Eureka and Dead Zone that was on U.S. USA. Um, so he has like, you know, he has a good body of, uh, genre work. Um, so it starred D.B. Sweeney, who, um, plays the character Chance Alex Harper. Um, I know D.B. Sweeney the most from The Cutting Edge, which is one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Topic, pick. And, um, <laughs> he kind of, like, you know, he was traditionally a, a movie, uh, actor, Um, But he had a few flops, and he was looking to do, you know, get some more work. And um, the Strange Luck uh, TV show came up, and he jumped on it. It also starred Frances Fisher, who was on Titanic. She was on the recent um, Watchmen uh, HBO series. And she's um, also, um, she was on Clint Eastwood from... (laughs) From time to time, they they, they were yes, in a relationship. The, yeah, they were they were in a relationship for uh, quite a few years, and they have uh, I think they have a couple kids um, together. Um, an actress named Cynthia Martello, who plays Doctor Rich, uh, Richter, she's sort of like the uh, the forensic scientist that kind of takes an interest into um, uh, DB Sweeney's character. Who I, I didn't say the story is about. Um, a guy named Trance Harper who has strange luck, basically. So he just he's a, a photographer who has incredibly uncanny luck. He always ends up drawn into unlucky situations, however. So basically, he just kind of fumbles into a situation, something crazy happens and the story kind of takes place. So he is always like getting into like these tight spots, but then these really weirdly, um, specific uh, luck and stances happen to get him out of it and move the story along. So the, sort of like the the backstory to it is as a boy, he was in a plane crash and he was the only survivor. Um, and his mother and sister died in the plane crash. Um, and he in the pilot episode, he actually gets... Um, sort of hypnotized by the forensic scientist and he discovers in his memory that he has a brother from that he remembers seeing, um, you know, uh, before they took off to go to the funeral, or I think it was after the funeral. Um, And um, so he spends a lot of, it kind of sets up a mystery. So for a lot of the series, kind of in the background, he's kind of trying to find these clues so that he can find his brother. Um, so basically, um, he is a, like I said, he's a freelance photographer. Um, his girlfriend or his, uh, kind of romantic foil on the show is played by, um, Pam Gidley and she is a TV reporter. And a lot of times she will call him up to take fo- photographs of scenes or whatever. And it kind of kicks the story along. Yes. The episode that I think, um, I know, I think you guys watched, uh, Brothers Grimm, correct? Yeah. Yes. And I picked that episode to watch because it sort of has a culmination um, in the storyline for um, finding his brother. Unfortunately, the show only lasted 17 episodes, so we didn't really get to see like how that fully played out. But there was a key moment at the very end, which is like this show is actually on like 1995 on Fox and at the very end of the episode, um his brother writes uh D B Sweeney's character a letter and he tells him if he ever gets into trouble, look up his friend at the FBI named Mulder, Agent Mulder, because <laughs> he's the only so guy cool. I can trust. And so really loved that moment. Um and it was it was uh, like such confirmation that they could possibly was in the same universe. Um, yeah. And who knows what would have happened if the show was able to continue forward? Um, so, what did you guys think, uh, uh, Zach? Did you uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? What was up with DB Sweeney and his <laughs> accent?
1: I have a lot of I have a lot of things to say. Um, first of all, yeah, DB Sweeney, like interesting career, right? Because he was on fire in the late '80s, and then after Fire in the Sky, he kind of kind of took a nosedive in his, with his film choices. Um, he's been in so many, I love fire in the sky, by the way, yeah. but he's been in so many great movies. Memphis bell is another great one. Oh um,
0: yeah. I, I love Memphis bell, by the way, Memphis bell.
1: And that's got to talk about an all-star cast. Yeah. But, um, first thing that first thing that point popped out to me in this episode, uh, besides that random eyeball, um, yeah. that rolls around. <laughs> I'm like, where'd they get the eyeball? Um, his brother, the guy who plays his brother, the actor is named, uh, um, well he plays he has two names right Eric Sanders mm-hmm. uh and Arthur Vandenberg but you guys should watch the episode to get full context I don't want to kind of spoil anything uh he's played by a guy named Scott Plank who unfortunately died also we're talking yeah. about people who died in 2002 at the age of 43 young guy um but another guy he was on Melrose place him. also he was on Melrose Place. Yeah. He was on Miami Vice. He was on Crime Story. Um, he was in a great. If you guys are fans of baseball movies, like quiet indie baseball movies, like uh, he he was in a movie called Eight um, Pastime with mm-hmm. William Russ, and it's a beautiful, beautiful film about baseball. If you love baseball, uh, truly, if like you're really, if you're a fan of like just the process, the game. Highly recommend that. Anyways, uh, he was, and then he was in Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck, which is another baseball movie. <laughs> if you like cheesy baseball movies, but I like that movie. Um, but he was in a movie called L.A. Takedown, a TV movie, which is the the basically the the original Heat. Michael Mann directed it. It's Heat before Heat, and he played Sergeant Vincent Hanna, who uh, Al Pacino went on to play. Um, if we do made-for-TV movies, like, proper, I'm calling L.A. Takedown, just saying right now. Because uh, uh, I, wanna, I, love that I wanna movie s- so much. I want
2: to stop you really quick, Zach. I did not know that there was a version of Heat before that, and it's so funny you say that it was, a like, a TV movie before, because when I watch Heat, I really feel like it's a... It feels like it was a series that was crunched down into, um, you know, a feature. You know, if you, you get what I think I think mean? it
1: was... Yeah, totally, totally. By the way, there's a director's cut of Heat on uh, mm-hmm. Blu-ray, and it's like I think three hours long. Wow! And it, and you, if you break it up into one-hour chunks or 45-minute chunks, it's great because I know you guys love Heat as well as yeah, much as that's I do. And top ten um, film for me, top ten. Yeah, I love that, dude.
2: Movie.
0: I do love that
1: movie. No, no doubt, no doubt, for sure. Um, but Ellie Takedown, directed by Michael Mann, written by Michael Mann, also stars Michael Rooker. It's got uh, and and Alex MacArthur, Um, who was in a great movie called Rampage with Michael Bean, directed by William Friedkin. Yeah, I remember that movie, yeah. Uh, He plays Robert De De Niro's character uh, in that made-for-TV movie. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, He's great. And and the premise, the the show was good. Like, I really like it. Um, D.B. Sweeney, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Diallo, I would assume that his character is not... Doesn't have the same tone in other episodes because this one's very emotional because he's meeting his brother for the first time since the plane crashed, so there's this like hesitancy or like eagerness to be with his brother, right? Almost like a little yeah. puppy dog, and and so uh, and I, I'm assuming that he's not always like that in other episodes of this show. Uh, but I love the, the crossover potential. I think that's so badass. I mean, that's something that, you know, Marvel does nowadays. And everyone's like, oh, my God. You know, and then for this to happen in X-Fi- X-Files, guys, listeners, X-Files in 94 was bigger than as big as Marvel is now, as big as anything in 94. It owned. It dominated everything what, so wasn't millennium
0: um a spin-off of x-files like wasn't it connected to x-files yes yeah okay.
1: yeah yeah it was and yeah i mean i i want to love that show more than i actually do i'll put it right. that way were, okay. <laughs> you know same I'm page saying? same page yeah <laughs> but but i really like um the where like the little tropes in this show like so i mentioned i i mentioned earlier um he finds an eyeball in his uh in his can of beans or whatever that he was putting on the stove and then the eyeball comes into play later on it's really fucking cool um yeah i really enjoyed this Uh, but but i think what makes this what made this episode so enjoyable for me was the acting performances overall acting is top notch i mean like everybody in this thing is good even the like the 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 photographer at the funeral, and I don't. Want, again, I don't want to give too much away. Um, that guy is like a kind of. I've seen him in a shit ton of stuff. I think he's like a typical Canadian actor.
2: Yeah, um, he he was actually his. Uh, it's Roy uh, Dotrice. He's actually if you watched uh, Beauty and the Beast, he played the father. Yes. Uh, in. Um... The underground subway series, uh, ah, series. dude. Yeah. Thank
0: yes, you. That's what Diallo, I remember him from. that's, yes. that's so what good. I know him from. I loved Beauty and the Beast as a kid. Yeah. I watched it so you much. Know. I remember the dad character. Thank you, Diallo. That just you piece that together. in My head just. Thank
1: you.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I'm like, why
1: does this fucker look so familiar? That's why yeah. he looks so familiar. Because he when he was we were watching him on CBS with when I realized what Ron Perlman was wearing so much makeup for a reason. I'm I love Ron Perlman. Was He's he wearing makeup on that? No, no. Linda Hamilton. I was like, Oh my gosh. I mm-hmm. thought she was a babe back in the day. Uh, anyways, love the episode. Want to watch more of it. So glad. Thank God for something like YouTube that has these shows on. I mean, even my pick, the resolutions shit, but at least all the episodes are on there. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it for all the reasons I just said. And, and Toss uh, it over to Corey,
0: Zach. I did. I didn't uh, remember if you said it or not. Did you didn't watch it back in the day when it was on, right?
1: Oh no! Thank okay. thank you for pointing that out. No, I I didn't. Again, it was like I think the only thing I watched back in the during this time was wrestling hmm. and the X Files. That yeah. was it. Like I watched X Files on Sundays, right? uh monday night raw and wcw nitro on monday nights
0: well and Uh, i know for a fact back in 95 96 you were watching seinfeld (laughs) i was
1: actually on thursday thursday Thursday, nights, right? thursdays yeah yeah i was watching that i was watching seinfeld uh shit my family it's funny i watched wrestling by myself primarily but as a family, at least my mom and my stepdad and I, we sat down and we watched the X Files together. We watched Seinfeld together. We watched those like big shows. Um, I this came and went. I remember when it came on, and I and like like you said, Diallo. Seventeen episodes. Is, if you guys think about it, it's really nothing. And they yeah. probably sandwiched two or three of those episodes like on a on a weekend or back to back. You know, just to shelve them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Originally, it was a
2: it was a Friday night show. Um, that it was it back looks like when a Friday sense. night show. But that was yeah. back. Yeah, that was actually back when Friday night wasn't like the graveyard. Because actually, I don't know if you remember that. Um, X Files actually was on Fridays for the longest time. Miami yeah, and Vice and was a Friday night show. Yeah. yeah. Miami Vice. And was so nice. I think that they. I yeah that's right. And and I think that they they put it. I think they were trying to like pair. They paired it with them. With uh what do you call it with the uh, x files and yeah, it just didn't didn't hit and then eventually yeah. they moved the x files to Sunday and uh we're they, with space above gonna, and beyond yeah. oh,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say one more I was gonna say one more thing um, and i didn't I wasn't sure if this was like because I didn't see it a lot during that time. they had like um, what seemed like original music. In the beginning of the episode and kind of playing throughout the episode which reminded me of like what Grey's anatomy does a lot nowadays and uh a lot of shows in the mid to late 90s started doing in the early 2000s that felt somewhat uh original to me i I mean obviously miami vice is the 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 god of of putting music in shows but it felt like that was somewhat original for them to throw in these kind of original music original songs i don't know if that was something that was going on at that time but it just it feels like it wasn't maybe
0: yeah i i don't know it it feels my notes here is like it, it feels like such a late 90s you know show including the music i i put in my notes that i loved the music in this episode it was very stylized and, and moody um and they were doing a lot of interesting stuff uh, i'm gonna spoil it when, when the brothers kind of like like they go their separate ways at the end of the episode but there's a cool shot of the two of them as kids hugging but but they don't they don't like go somewhere else like they basically change the actors to the kid form and keep the same set and location, like where they are in that moment, but having their two kids spirits sort of hug. And then it kind of fades back into them. Cause they don't hug. They kind of just look at each other. I thought that was so moving. I thought yeah. that was so powerful and so well done for just a, You know, a TV show, a Fox Friday night TV show. I thought the intro was so 90s, you know, in a good way. All of these, when I say it's so 90s, I mean it in the best possible nostalgic way. Um, For me, I remember when the show came out, I wanted to watch it. I actually did because I had an obsession with luck. I liked characters that relied on luck, like Longshot in the X-Men, and, uh, you know, just characters that, like, can either affect luck or do something with luck. I always thought it was a really, really cool thing. On the other hand, I wasn't, like, the biggest D.B. Sweeney fan, but it didn't stop me from watching it, so I'm thinking... When this came out, I think I had something going on Friday nights. maybe I was working or something I don't know. I, you know, I think I was probably in eleventh grade or tenth grade when this was out. so I must have been probably like working a part-time job at the time. Friday nights, you know, if you're going to work a part-time job, you're probably going to be working Friday nights. So I, I didn't see it, but uh, I'm glad I did because I do remember wanting to watch it, and I really liked the the Brothers Grimm episode. I thought that it was it was really yeah. well done. Um, D.B. Sweeney is is interesting in it. Uh, like you guys, my my biggest sort of connection to him um, is Memphis Belle and uh fire in the sky um but i do remember the skating movie like i remember the poster i remember the what, what, what's it what's it called again diallo the
2: cutting edge the
0: the cutting, cutting edge. edge i remember <laughs> that when it came With out moira kelly yeah, yeah.
2: moira kelly. kelly is a favorite of mine <laughs>
0: oh man we, we have to go that,
1: back that and is and pure that 90s one. there that movie yeah. is a pure i think it came out in the late 80s but it's pure 90s yeah
0: yeah but uh but yeah I thought the episode was really well done um I actually would like to go in and, and sink my teeth into it and actually you know watch the series uh the the link that we watched you know it looked it was fine and everything on on YouTube so I would recommend it I think it's a it's a slick show I think it the episode that we watched I thought was very well made I thought everybody in it acted really well uh it had a caliber to it that that kind of put it ab- above other things i think are of the era of that ilk you know there's something a little bit of an x factor to it maybe it's you know db sweeney being a, a movie actor you know he brought a, a little bit of a gravitas to the to the the series you know and i felt like kind of feel, makes it feel bigger you know um and then the whole connection to, to x files i think that's really cool that was a fun little easter egg and everything and yeah it's it's a slick little stylized show uh diallo one thing I like, I said like one thing I really loved was just the music and how the the like the funeral scene. I thought it was just really well done. Yeah. Is music as central to other episodes, or did they really save it for like this special one?
2: You know, it's I I, I didn't as I was watching it. I actually keyed in on the music as well, um, but I don't remember that like being a thing in my brain at the time. And um, maybe just because that was such a part of what. TV was at the at that time that I just didn't register it. Uh but yeah, watching it I noticed they had they had um a lot of like that um like new agey. I think it's it's like uh, Lorena mckinnon I think her name is. Um there's things like the mummer's dance or like Inya, that kind of style for some yeah. of the scenes and yeah. then they had like Jane you know Sibri. a little bit more uh yeah. They it, 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 um I, in the pilot they had it was a little bit more um, that uh kind of like that soft sax that you have in like uh <laughs> in some shows i even like in midnight color like there was a yeah. there's like oh. it, it was it had a little bit more of yes. that vibe um so yeah i don't i don't quite remember i'd have to watch go back and like watch all of the episodes to kind of to answer that definitively but yeah and also to answer a little bit zach you you asked if db sweeney was as Pensive or whatever and he definitely was more peppy in um, okay in the other in most of the episodes but he was really he was really kind of soft like he always had like a heart he always wanted to help people and that was his whole thing. Mm. Um, he just he always shows up to help people. He kind of has this like rap sheet um, to in the pilot that um, shows that he's has a history of getting into people's affairs. Um, but he's never convicted of anything because he's always like he's always like solving the, ca- the case of the crime. But <laughs> the, the cops are kind of searching him down. He has like attempted murder and all this stuff on this rap sheet oh, that that doesn't like, you know. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, he, he's he's always kind of peppy in this particular episode. Yeah, it was like a buildup of. 10 episodes and so you finally got to see the brother and yeah he he actually um was very passive in that episode he kind of sat back and it wasn't until he was in the diner um that scene kind of like midway through that he actually was in a scene by himself without his brother and then he was a little bit more himself so yeah 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 he definitely was um he wasn't as as calm and in in the show
1: yeah, you notice a tonal shift when he's uh, when he's alone. Yeah. You're right, yeah. like yeah. He, he kind of attitude shift. Yeah, and, and not um, to not to,
0: to bring it down, but uh, Pamela Gidley uh, passed away in 2018. Uh, as yeah. Oh yeah.
1: shit, man. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So she was great. She's great. She's in a ton of uh, straight to video movies. Um, well, she, she was in. She was with... in
0: Cherry 2000.
1: She was. She was in a movie with um, Eric Roberts and Jeff Fahey. She, uh,
0: she actually played uh, Cherry 2000 in Cherry 2000. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know what's funny? I've seen that movie, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And in my head, I always think Melanie Griffith is Cherry Two Thousand, but it's not.
1: No, and Tim Thomerson's in that too. Um, I'd
0: like to revisit I, that one. I I'd like again. I've seen it when I was a kid, but I do not remember it at all. Brian James yeah. is in Cherry Two Thousand as well.
1: Yeah, Cherry Two Thousand actually that that would be a pretty decent pad movie. Okay. Um, yeah, she's in a movie called do. Free Fall. She's in a movie called Free Fall, which I highly recommend. It's a f- if you like Eric Roberts and Jeff Fahey, um, you know you're talking about different uh, shows with these actors. I looked up when I looked up Scott Plank, he was in Air America had a TV series or was supposed to be. A TV series based um, on the
0: movie. The yes, okay, <laughs> That's and
1: wild. yeah, uh, he was in twenty six episodes of Air America with Lorenzo Lamas. Holy shit! Wow. Uh, <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he, he come
2: up like recently when we were talking about Lorenzo Lamas? Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah,
1: I think we did. <laughs> yeah. he, brought, he got he got brought up somehow, uh, and then he was on a, the TV series The Big Easy which was a TV series. They made a, movie, a TV series off the, off the Big Easy. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, based off the movie. Is that another one based off the movie? What are they going to do, make a TV yeah. series based off the Big Chill, too, next? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, anyways, I just thought that was kind of random. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. Well, so far, two, two very different but very interesting shows. Uh, finally, Zach is going to take us home with... G versus E, a.k.a. Good versus Evil, a.k.a. the show that I remember always seeing the ads for, always wanted to watch it, but never did.
2: <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> hey,
0: everybody. Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
1: Imagine... Being one of the last people on Earth. Being trapped alone with something not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback
0: and ebook. And now, back to the show.
1: I wish I could have given you guys a pristine version of this. Uh, all that is available of this show online are like really crappy VHS recordings, uh, unfortunately um g versus e originally g versus e then became good versus evil ran for 22 episodes on the usa network and then on sci-fi so uh the first season which was basically like 11 episodes uh was on usa then it switched over to sci-fi from 99 to 2000 very short-lived series uh it was created by jonas and josh pate um Recently, those guys have done a show called "Outer Banks," which I'm not familiar with. Oh snap! With I read the, I read the premise <laughs> of it. It sounds pretty cool. Uh,
2: I watched that show on Netflix. <laughs> oh, is it any good? <laughs> um, it's uh, I I I enjoy it, but it's really kind of bad, actually. But uh, okay, I but I okay. it's like it's like bad teen adventure soap show but i really i, I really want to watch I'm like, it that yeah i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm like no it's like i have nothing like i i don't think it's great but like i'm addicted to it at the same time so. does it take okay.
0: place in the outer banks in like south carolina like West yeah. coast okay yeah cool oh, yeah
1: cool. cool now i want to check it yeah.
2: out right. there's like well, su- there's uh, sunken the... lost treasure and they gotta find oh, it and that's running from cops. really fun Okay.
1: I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um yeah, so these guys started out with G versus E. Uh the premise is main character, Chandler Smythe, played by Clayton Rohner. Uh put a pin in his name because I want to come back to how much I love that guy and how much I have a man crush on him, but we'll get back to that in a second. Uh mm-hmm. Chandler Smythe on his birthday is murdered. Uh when he comes to, he's in like a office building with two cops. Uh, Played by well, they look they seem like cops. Played by Marshall Bell and Googie Gress. Um, Marshall Bell, I think we all know from Total Recall, as Corey likes to say, (laughs) Uh, and and many other things. Marshall Bell was also in Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two as the S and M PE coach. Googie, Googie Gress, you'll recognize that guy instantly. I mean, he's been on. A million different things, but he was on um, the, the the TV show Parenthood fairly recently. Mm, yeah. um, great character actor. Uh, so mm. they they kind of introduce themselves as being a part of the core, um, and then and inform Chandler that he has been killed. Uh, he's a, a, a immediately he's like this is a joke. This is not. This isn't real. They show him photos of his dead body on the ground. They're like it is real. And you've been selected to be a part of our police crew. Basically, the core are like a, a supernatural police team uh, fighting against Morlocks, which are like evildoers from hell. Basically, um, Morlocks mm-hmm. make deals with mortals and Faustian deals. Faustian deals to turn them in. And if they and if they make a Faustian deal with a mortal, that mortal will also become a Morlock. Uh, Chandler is given the second chance of life in order to um, become a part of the core, assist in capturing Morlocks, and eventually um, moving on to either the afterlife or with his son. We find out in that first episode that his wife was killed uh, sometime before, and so now his son is basically an orphan. And um, he cannot... Connect with his son because there's rules once you join the Corps. One rule is no physical interaction with humans, uh, with mortals, and no connection to anybody from your past. So he, uh, I- as long as he kind of does the, the job that the Corps gives him, he can potentially be with his son down the road or with his wife in heaven. Um, he's given a partner named Henry McNeil, played by Richard Brooks. And if you don't know who Richard Brooks is, Law and Order was his main show back in the day. Um, the dude was one of the um, uh, district. He was of one Church. of the mainstays. Yeah, he was one of the mainstays on the show on Law and Order, the original Law and Order with um, with uh, Big Dick Energy, uh, Michael <laughs> Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty. Yeah, BDE Moriarty. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, and and Richard Brooks was the best thing about the Crow sequel. Uh, yeah, the only good thing about the <laughs> sequence. The, the City of Angels a,
0: one, yeah, Crow two. City, City of, of Angels. Angels, I saw Heart. that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, he was also in the Hidden, which is a really killer. Hopefully, down the road, pad movie, uh, Whoa, action sci-fi. Was in that? Yeah, Love he was that a movie. he was a cop in that as well. He's so good. Richard Brooks is, and he yeah he plays Henry McNeil. So. Uh, Henry and his character was uh, killed in the seventies, so he yeah. looks like he's from the seventies. Yeah, it's, it's good, and which so is good. great. He's got this big afro. He basically looks like like a a, a, a cool, calm, and collected version of um, uh, Samuel Jackson's character from Pulp Fiction. It's uh, it's clearly an influence Samuel Jackson's character on Henry's character. Uh, like I said, they are partners. In crime, to, or partners to take down these Morlocks, these demons. Um, the the series narrator, who every single episode uh, narrates the, the the intro to the show, it is basically the the premise of the show in every single episode. It's narrated by Deacon Jones. He's the uh, police chief of the Corps. And if you don't know who Deacon Jones is, he's a Hall of Fame football player. He played for the the Rams. He's part of the fearsome foursome. Um, and so the the setup for the show is, like I said, it, it, it's it's a cop show basically, uh, but it's supernatural, and it's got tremendous vibes of like Pulp Fiction, Black uh seventies uh, cop shows. It's got very unique shoot like the the way they 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 uh the way they shoot their scenes is very unique it's very artsy in some some respects um but before we talk about the episode i recommended to diallo and Corey, uh i just wanted to say clayton Rohner who's the lead actor in the show i've had a man crush on him ever since i'm blanking right now on uh g G versus e Oh, I, I had a man crush on him ever since just one of the guys. Uh, and I met, him in, I met him in L.A. in 2003. I was at a pizza place. He saw me. I saw him. I stood up to say hi to him. He's like, he looks at me and he goes, I know you. And I go, no, you don't. But I wish you did. <laughs> and he's like, I'm Clayton. And I go, I know I'm Zach. I'm a really big fan of yours. And he's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I said, man. I got to tell you, G versus Z, one of my favorite shows of all time. He's like, really? Really? Oh, that's so nice. And he gives me a big old hug and just like the sweetest guy. Hopefully one of these days we have him on interviews after dark. Uh, who knows? You know, because he's a he's a legend in the business, in my opinion. Just the style, the look. I modeled myself after him, bar none, because of this show and other things.
0: Well, so much so to the fact that like you you've been chomping at the bit to bring this show to tv obscura um we you this is you picked this first and then diallo and i kind of built the episode around it so i just wanted everybody out there the listeners to know how much you really do love this show
1: i really do love this show as much as the hat squad which was my first pick of all time uh (laughs) two very obscure shows but this really taps into like my development as a as a teenager as a young 20 something like what was cool to me kind of thing uh and i thought this show just epitomized like what i loved about television the sh- the episode i i i brought to pat uh the episode i brought to tv obscura is called uh burial or buried yeah, burial Bur- sorry it's it's called buried um it's share. A fun fact, a listener of the show and a buddy of mine from high school, Dean, was like, oh, my favorite episode was Buried. I'm like, dude, that's the episode I'm picking for TV Obscura, so shout out to Dean. Um, this episode follows Chandler. Chandler's always with Henry fighting crime, uh, fighting Morlocks, but then for the first time, he kind of wants to go off on his own and and have his own mission. So um, one of the main points of this show is the, the core goes out, finds – humans before they've made a deal a faustian deal and tries to convince them otherwise and chandler goes out and finds this boxer um by the name of henry culpepper (laughs) (laughs) and henry culpepper is a boxer who's like up and coming and uh but he's getting really really good out of uh, out of nowhere and Chandler recognizes that he's probably made a Faustian deal. The guy denies it. When uh, ultimately Chandler uh, goes to kind of confront Culpepper, he gets snatched up by Morlocks, who you don't see their faces. You rarely see their faces. If you do, it's very demonic looking.
0: Unless Um, it's Emmanuel Lewis. (laughs) Unless it's (laughs) Emmanuel Lewis. And so
1: they, they, uh, they take Chandler and they bury him alive and pretty much the rest of the episode from that point on is, is him calling Henry trying to Henry's trying to find him, find out where he is, but he's calling him on his cell phone from the, um, from his coffin. (laughs) And the whole time Henry is trying to track him down. Uh, Henry runs into a Mexican S M S and M dominatrix, uh, transgender dominatrix, trans, uh, transvestite, I guess is that, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, cross-dresser, you yeah. know, and, uh, and then he, he has to, uh, apparently one of the number one Morlocks is Emmanuel Lewis, <laughs> <Yeah>. Emmanuel Lewis <laughs> guest stars on this episode. Can, um, guest
0: stars then explodes. <laughs> yes. So th-
1: this is kind of leading up to, uh, Henry trying to track him down, trying to find him. Uh, eventually he does. But in the meantime, uh, like I said, the premise of the show, uh, Chandler is not allowed to have any contact with his people from his past. He sees his son throughout this uh, series, and when he does, his son never knows who he is. At one point, his son steals the car that they drive around in. Um, but he calls his son. They're able to patch. He's like, "Can you can you patch my son in? Can I talk to him one last time before I die?" Because he's been um, the core has resurrected him. He's he's now he can mortal as well, right? Yeah, but he can re die. Yes, and so. Um, he calls his son and his son's playing. Like, I want to say it's not straight out swingers. He's definitely playing Nintendo Nintendo 64. (laughs) Yeah. He's playing Nintendo 64 and he's like, Hey, it's your dad. He's like, yeah, dad, whatever. Like, you know, this basically blows it off. Like it's a crank call. It's a really funny scene in my opinion. Um, but this show is very unique. And like I said, it didn't last very long. It tried a lot of new things throughout the show. Um, it was quirky and, and and every episode was kind of a standalone in a way. That's probably why they had an the intro to every episode kind of telling you what the whole show was about before you started watching it. And it always ended with Deacon Jones giving like a, a tip on how to defeat a Morlock at the yeah, end. And, um, and, it's,
0: and it's kind of like he's with somebody else who looks like a more of a crew member of, of the series than actually like probably an actor. And it's, it's funny that that little closing thing was, was funny.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll say the last thing I'll, I'll say about the show that I think they tried to uh, kind of make it a little more, a little bit more edgier. They swear a lot in this show, but it's the swears are muted. Mm. And I think that was intentional because it was on USA. Um, This show was never released on DVD. You can find shitty copies of it on YouTube, unfortunately, but at least it's out there to watch on YouTube. So that is my vomit of G versus E. Um, Diallo, Corey Diallo, what'd you think?
2: Dude, I loved it. It was like like Corey said, (laughs) I, I just, I never, I always saw the ads. It looked cool. And I just, I don't know why I missed it. It just, uh, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know that I had cable at the time or something. I was busy running running the streets. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the one streets. of my <laughs> One of my notes was actually, uh, I wrote, uh, it uh, G versus Z. It's like tons of shows I missed today but streaming lets me see them eventually. So, <laughs> um, and that I, cause I had that vibe when I watched it cause so I was like, yeah, you know, like if you live the life I live, everyone's always telling me I have to watch this show or that show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally.
2: totally. <laughs> they want to hear my comments on it or whatever. But like, I just, you know, I'm like, I'm doing lots of things and I don't always have time to actually watch it. And I get a little stubborn about what I am watching. Um, and I, and I felt that vibe with this show. It was like, I definitely would have watched it, um, but for whatever reason, I didn't catch it. And because it was in that era when we couldn't just like pop in the show whenever we wanted, I just completely missed it. Um, but having said all that, like I really loved it. And I was surprised. I, I knew what the premise was. I remember the actors in it but it was the editing and it was the pop. It was the fun. It was definitely a comedy. Like it, yeah. it just, it was really, I mean, I was laughing. Um, and like, you know, you say you have a man crush on the, the one guy. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I have a man crush on Richard Brooks, but he is one cool dude. And I could just He's listen. Cool. I could just listen to him talk. Like yep, totally. his voice is just so like distinct. And I, I love the way he just says all his lines all the time. It's just, it's, it's like, <laughs> You know, he was, I don't know if you remember, he was in an episode of Firefly where he plays this uh, bounty hunter named Early. And oh. such a distinct, like, one role, but it was, like, kind of iconic. And um, anyways, yeah, I really loved it. I didn't catch the whole thing with the Morlocks and kind of what exactly was going on. I, I, I didn't watch the pilot episode. I don't know if they, they probably covered a lot of that. They and, do. Uh, in the yeah. first episode. So there was one there was one uh, that scene when he's leaving and he's like, "Hey, are you a Morlock?" and I didn't like quite know what that was and I was thinking back to like, you know, um the time machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or the X-Men. I, I yep. wasn't sure what he was. Yep. I thought he was oh, I thought he yeah. was refer- I thought he was referring to like the literary uh uh Morlocks. I didn't I didn't nice. so you just said it now I didn't know that that was like a part of the world building of the show um but anyways that it was really cool loved it i'm actually gonna um go back and um watch the show um on on youtube for now i guess um but um yeah it was really cool like i it's one of those shows where i you know just like with almost everything else like i feel like it just kind of didn't come out at the right time um but it, it was definitely ahead of its time in terms of like you know, the, the genre bending and kind of stuff that they were doing with it, you know, Deacon Jones at the end was just, I wasn't expecting that at all. And then like, I'm like, what Deacon Jones This is crazy. <laughs> <It's> so random. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, that it, that's great. All that stuff is great. And, um, like, you know, if it had come out now, it was on like Netflix. Now people would be, kinda, you know, raving about it, I think, but it just kinda mm-hmm. got yeah. lost. And... If
0: if it came on Netflix now, even though people were raving about it, they would still cancel it after the first season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that yeah is... no, no kidding. <laughs> but I got true. shades of like Cowboy Bebop with the intro, how it's like it's it's like this modern take on seventies on like cinema and stuff, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. with G versus E. So uh oh um Del, I I just kinda cut you off. It, or I didn't mean to
2: yeah, no. You—it's actually funny. You—you you said exactly what I was thinking. about, like <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, actually. Like it has that uh, mixture of genres and yeah. and energy and flow um, that the anime does actually extremely well. But the the you know the Netflix TV series, I think it took a little bit to kind of get there. But the TV show, I think, um, eventually got that point too. So yeah. it was great. Uh, that, that's all I got.
0: Yeah. Um, nice. Pretty much the same feelings as as Diallo, Uh, same experience as well. I I never watched it. Uh, I remember seeing the ads. It was probably one of the highest shows that it was like. I always like. Whenever time I saw the ad, I was like, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. And I don't know if I just like Diallo says. I don't know if I didn't have cable. Um, I actually I might have been in college at the time, so I know I didn't have cable. But I do remember wanting to watch it right then it kind of just you know fell away from from my memory and zach brings it up and you know he's like hey let's do g versus z and i'm like that sounds familiar i go look at it. i'm like oh yeah that show i always remember that one." So i got excited so i go watch this episode buried um didn't look at imdb didn't really look into it and had no clue uh, you know, that it that it starred Clayton Roner, who I love as well, uh, but my experience with him is very singular, and it's The Relic. I love the movie The Relic, but I specifically loved him in The Relic yeah. to the point He's where— awesome I wish he was the main character. Like, I, yeah. I not to say anything negative about Tom Sizemore, because I really liked him as well, but I didn't know Clayton Roaner really until the relic, and I was like, I want more of that guy. I like that guy. And so right when it pops up, I'm like, oh, oh, it's him. It's him from the relic. I'm like, I love him. And he is I love him just as much in this episode for all the same reasons I loved him in the relic. But oh but Oh, but... Oh, but... No, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. (laughs) Talk about a singular love. Firefly, one of my favorite shows of all time, but early. The Bounty Hunter early is one of my favorite TV characters ever created. Wow. Zach, have you ever seen... It never aired. That was like the episode of Firefly that didn't air. You can only get it on the DVD. It's like the last episode. Um, and there's a bounty hunter that basically gets on board the, the ship when everybody's asleep, and it's him. It's it's Richard Brooks, but he is so good a, as early, and I never really sort of put it together, you know, who he was because I just didn't look into it. And so watching this, and I'm like, I, I immediately, like, I'm in love with him, and I'm like, why do I love him? And then I IMDB him, and I'm like, yeah, Crow, City of Angels, I liked him in that, and I was like, oh! <gasps> He was fucking early in Firefly, and from that moment on, my jaw was agape, and I was like, "I want this show! On, <laughs> I want this show on DVD! I need to own this show right now!" Um, two of like my favorite side characters like two of my favorite like weird side characters in one show together the humor was fantastic uh the acting was fantastic the premise was a lot of fun although i'm kind of like diallo i didn't really quite understand what was happening but because we didn't watch the pilot you know um but it was it was fine you know i got past it and everything and just every time someone else would pop up you know like Quado and everything and i'm like oh my god you know it's like so many people are on this show but Honestly, Clayton Ro- Roner and Richard Brooks are the reason to go watch this. They just, they ooze fun. And they weren't even in it really together. Like, they're in the episode, but they're not like together. They're because they're on the phone and everything, and he's sort of tracking them down. And yeah, and there's like Richard Brooks gets into like a zany like, you know, adventure trying to like, yeah, it's get like it about is last part-
1: after hours. Yeah, it's yeah, like a very probably.
0: much like an after hours sort of scenario. And then it felt yep. very progressive with the uh the gay 911 operator and then the transgender yep. uh like witch slash dominatrix. I was like, I was loving everything that this show. Was was given me even the uh the boxer kid was was silly and fun he was hilarious and, he and was then hilarious the icing on the motherfucking cake was emmanuel lewis in this thing they had to go get <laughs> emmanuel lewis because he was in prison Webster. for being a morlock he was in their prison you know and then they basically try to like do this like switch off type of thing but he has like they, gave, they put bombs on Emanuel Lewis and they gave like the other cop like a, a button to press if anything happens. And of course he fucks up and blows up Emanuel Lewis like right then. It's it's hilarious. And I can't I, – I knew they were going to go there, but I also couldn't believe that they went there. It was just – it was good. It was really good. Uh, Zach, it lived up to the hype. That, that you you built up with it. Um, I don't know if it would have lived up to the hype for me if it didn't star Clayton Rohner and Richard Brooks, but I basically almost fucking ejaculated in my pants when I first saw them, because I, I just couldn't believe my... <laughs> these two obscure characters, actors that I love for very specific characters you know what i mean and, and you know it's not like huge things but i they're both together and i'm like oh my god this is amazing and if anything i get more early you know from from firefly yeah. and i just I, I adored him
2: i quote early i uh, just to myself yeah. uh <laughs> often like there's a line when he's like a lion <laughs> yeah i never thought of myself as that but i do have a mighty roar <laughs>
0: yeah, because she says you're lying I love yeah, that yeah. Zach <laughs> Zach, if you could I, I implore you please go watch that uh, episode of, um, of of Firefly, Firefly. whichever yeah. one has Richard Brooks it's like the very last one on the DVD and it never aired and it probably is my single favorite episode of Firefly and it might actually be my single favorite episode of like any TV show ever Wow. I mean, that's I have quite the box set, so I'll
2: bring it over, Zach.
1: Okay. Too. We'll wa- we'll watch it together. Yeah. I,
2: um, I think you'll
0: like it, Zach. I really think you'll like that episode. Yeah. Yeah, really that
1: good. I mean, wow, that's that's high praise for sure. I will I will definitely check it out. They I mean, these two guys, these two dudes epitomize cool. Uh they look cool. The the poster art that the uh, the the TV poster art or whatever is cool. They the, the way they stylized it. One of my biggest gripes with Pulp Fiction was uh was that John Travolta and and Sam Jackson's characters they didn't like look cool to me especially what? John Travolta with it like <laughs> like they didn't they didn't at the time because at the time I was like John Travolta when he's wearing his when his Santa Cruz T shirt with his long ass hair slick back and but the, San- just the Santa
0: Cruz isn't his outfit that was because he got blood on his outfit it's
1: looks yeah, I mean, cool as
2: shit with their that, white, that was black kind of outfit. the point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, no, I for me for me it just like they didn't look as cool to me as clayton roner and richard brooks did in g versus e
2: okay. they, they
1: look cooler to me okay.
2: like I,
1: less like because i'm like for me i'm not going to be wearing a suit walking down the street but what i am going to do is sport like a one of those leather trench coat jackets Mid mid trench coat jacket with the fucking you
0: know the, the post seventies. I'm sorry, the post seven uh, late nineties. Uh, who Clayton Roner had that same seven jacket in Relic.
1: In The Relic. By the way, uh, if you've never read the book, The Relic, it's very different from the movie, but it's really good. I just oh. read it earlier this year. Oh, and uh, look,
0: by, by the way, part two, I, I would love for us to uh, do The Relic on pad one of these days.
1: Me too, because I love that movie. Maybe cool. the last really good time, Tom Sizemore movie too. Yeah, uh, yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> uh, that Where he was the lead. One of the few where he's the lead. Um, Yeah, no, I, I love what... I'm glad you guys enjoyed this show. Buried, uh, Buried is is a different episode, because, and that's why I wanted to point it out. It's very different. The rest of this show, the rest of the episodes are are kind of more straightforward. Um, but I, I thought this one was so unique, and it's one of my favorite episodes from the se- from the series. The first episode, the pilots, it's good as well. It's really good, like it, and it's funny uh, and and creepy too. The opening ten minutes of that episode are really creepy. Shades of like Dario Argento's demons with the the way the the Morlocks look. Um one element that I really liked about this show too is that it takes place in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of inside jokes, one of which being traffic in LA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um so if you live in LA or if you've, or if you've ever have lived in LA, it's there's a lot of inside jokes that go on there. Uh but yeah, it's such a shame that this show didn't get the traction it did, that it got, because it deserves more. Uh, and I'm glad I could bring it to you guys, finally.
0: Um, Why is it not and, out on DVD? Like, what the I fuck? I don't know. Is, is, it the T, is it the TBS slash sci-fi, like, who 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 owns the rights to it type of thing or something like that? Probably. You couldn't get the rights I mean, from
2: Emmanuel Lewis.
0: Probably.
1: Well, you know... <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, what's interesting is probably universal owns it yeah. uh and and you know universal owns he-man that property which is and, and there's a reason why like they've been so stingy about releasing that on you know on blu-ray for example um i don't know they're so weird about universal's weird about their shit right and so maybe that's why who knows or they probably uh, I don't... hope it sees the light.
0: They probably probably crunch some numbers or did something and figured out you know what it's not worth us uh, you know producing it and doing it. But then we always talk about on the show like then give it to like give the rights over to like a boutique company or something to put it out if it's. I know. You know I if mean, it,
1: look, Shout Factory puts a shit ton of Universal stuff out. Why yeah. can't they? They put Manimal out for crying out loud. Why can't yeah. they put G versus Z out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think this show. Would do very well on on DVD of of the three shows that we talked about tonight. I think this one probably would hold up the the best and and is the, the probably the most deserving of of a Blu-ray or DVD box set release. I would agree.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd well, these, watch it. yeah, and you're going to. I, I was, and you already said you're
0: going to on on a, yeah. on a shittier quality. So sure hey, about, Universal, yeah. put it out. You already have you already have three sales right here. I
1: can guarantee you people listening to this right now, uh, like one of our patron subscribers, Aaron Gilmer. I know, I know she's, she's a she's huge a big fan, fan of G versus E. Yeah. And oh, I was going to point out too, it was G versus E when it was on USA. And then it changed to good versus evil on sci-fi yeah. for whatever reason. And the episodes do get diluted a little bit. The last half of the episodes, unfortunately, they're not as strong as the first half. Um, But again, like you pointed out, kind of character actors, right? You could say Richard Brooks and Clayton Runner are characters. They're not like they haven't been leading men, but to be leading men on a show like this and carry it so well, and have a strong supporting cast. Like this show does have a lot of cameos throughout. the The dynamic with him and his son is really funny because he's trying to connect with them, but you know, and the kid's an asshole. But granted, it's understandable. Both his parents are dead, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> he might be an asshole too. Um, yeah, I hope it sees the light of day, but at least it saw the light of TV Obscura. That's
0: that's right. Long time coming. Uh, all three of these shows are vastly different uh, you, you know you got uh, two supernaturals and one i guess superhero story um but they're all very very late 90s like you could just each one as i'm watching I'm like man this is <laughs> this is so 90s and again in a good way so i very much uh, enjoyed my time with all three of them um i think that my final thoughts and i'll let you guys do yours my final thoughts uh for mantis uh, i'd say if, if you want to watch anything watch the made for tv movie i think that's the strongest version uh strange luck i think that was just you know, that was fun so just pick pick any episode and and get into it and g versus e just watch the whole entire thing uh oh can
1: can i point out one thing uh i don't think anybody on my show oh well isn't it emmanuel lewis is no longer alive right is he alive no, he's still, still alive. This... I, I believe he is alive. Okay, don't so ask can me I, can why, I but I that... recently looked that up. <laughs> can I say that everybody, everybody on my show is still alive? There you
0: go. <laughs> you can say that. You yeah. can say that. That
2: is Man, a fact. What a bummer,
1: though. What a bummer. Like we, you know, both of you are pointing out people who died on your shows. I'm like, I really like those people. Man. Oh, sucks.
2: yeah. I was when I was looking up and I saw that they had passed. I I kind of was like, yeah. I mean. You know, it's been been a while, you know, like the those shows in their heyday in the 90s and we're just getting old, man. That's, that's
0: I, I mean, I, of... I still don't feel like I still don't feel like 2000 is 22 years ago. Like, Dude. isn't 22 years ago the 80s? Isn't that just the 80s? Yeah,
2: pretty much. That
1: was 40 years ago. Yeah. I just I just you know, I, I just uh, I just interviewed Barry Bostwick for a two dollar late fee. And we talked about, uh, of course, Megaforce, which came out in 1982. We're recording this episode in 2022. Uh, if you're listening to this in the year 2069, who knows? Um, <laughs> and and it's celebrating its 40th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, wow. 40. Oh my and,
0: god! And I can still remember. <laughs> being in my like reading comic books as a wee little tyke oh. and seeing the the Megaforce ads in the comic yes. books man i can, everywhere. i can remember it like it was the yesterday and that yeah. was 40 fucking years ago my god
1: well let me tell you you know what else came out in 82 et yeah
0: well the well. thing the thing great fuck et i don't give a shit about that movie rocky uh, 3 <laughs> <laughs> D- rocky 3 i know Diallo, what are, what are your final thoughts on these three episodes?
2: It took me 40 years to see Megaforce. That's what i think.
0: <laughs> That's
1: true. No, 39, I think, or 38. I literally 39. was
2: on a quest to watch that movie for 30-something years. Thanks finally, to our buddy Scott
1: Zellner. Give me a free copy.
2: And I finally saw it, and it was amazing. Anyways, my final thoughts were, I loved all of them. Um mantis i was the one i was the least cool on but i actually really appreciated like i said the once i realized the designer of of it um and that um sam raimi was behind it i really appreciated what i think they were trying to do um and uh obviously i like strange luck um and uh but my favorite actually of all them that we watched was uh g versus e i just yeah Like, I'm again, I'm just stunned that I didn't watch it when it was on. I don't know why I didn't. Like Corey said, I'd see the ads and every time over the years Zach would bring it up, I'd always be like, oh, yeah, I kind of get a little excited when you say the names. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's one of my it's in a category of like shows I've never watched, but I really like. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, perfect. yeah. it's perfect. Same. <laughs> yeah, there's same. a bunch of shows, and then that, it's one of them. And so, like, when I actually watched it, I'm like, man, and, and it's like way better than I ever could have imagined. And I'm, awesome. uh, you know, kind of perplexed that it it didn't last, but I can kind of see why. It was a little bit before they really were able to perfect like the formula for shows like that. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of why it, it faded, because um, like right after that you had stuff like Monk, Eureka, yeah. all those shows on oh, USA, yeah. and that that's when they really were able to get them going. But anyways, um, really dug it, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really glad once again that you guys picked the shows you watch, and even in, even with Mantis, like I didn't particularly like, I wasn't thrilled by it, but it was like I finally got to watch it, and I yeah. you know, and I finally got to see and experience it. And um, so I just, yeah, I'm always grateful that, you know, when these shows come up, that we get a chance to, to uh, review them and um, step back into yesteryear.
0: Yeah yeah i mean that's how i feel a lot of times with uh, the movies like zach brings to pad and stuff like that it's like oh i finally get to watch uh scanners now or something but yes exam- <laughs> yeah and this too i finally get to watch g versus e and strange luck another show that i remember seeing ads for too so i i do always appreciate the the shows that both of you guys bring to the to the table for tv obscura zach what are your final thoughts on the, on these three episodes or or should i say these three shows
1: My final thoughts are I am I'm very grateful that I was actually able to watch Mantis and Strange Luck after not seeing them ever. Um, So I'm very glad I did. Uh, I enjoyed both of them uh, in in different ways. I was laughing to myself the whole time after I made the Bible man connection with Mantis. (laughs) And just like I couldn't get out of my head at that point. I'm like, oh, shit. Willie Ames is Bible man. Um, but I, I really liked it. I actually really liked the first episode, so I will go back and watch the TV movie because if it's better than the first episode, then I'm going to be even more happy I, about that.
0: I think you'll like the TV movie. I do.
1: Strange Luck, uh, again, propelled by solid acting performances, uh, which is what made the show enjoyable for me, The it, more so than the premise. I think the premise is cool, but I thought the acting was even better. Um, and then G versus E, you guys know, I love that movie. I pop boners for it. So it's like, you know, <laughs> to me, it's like, that's the clear, like I brought that to the table. Cause I love it so much. I'm so glad you guys loved it. Um, who knows? You know, it would be nice to, to a year or so down the road. People say, well, that show got finally released on DVD because of podcasting after dark. That'd be um, awesome. That, that would, would be,
0: be great. That'd be a dream come true. And we can and be in the documentary. And I didn't I didn't say it, but I'll I'll basically second Diallo Uh, G versus E was my favorite of of the three shows that we watched
1: it, you know, and and I will say, too, uh, just not to be like the, the balance guy they're they're so distinctly different and so i think when i brought g versus E, i'm like what are you guys going to bring that's similar to this because there's nothing similar there's to nothing this there's nothing like g versus E, really right. <laughs> but what i like is strange luck strange luck is a very weird show as well it's kind of an odd premise um and 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 you know when they pitched that i'm surprised people were like yeah let's do it you know because it, it is it's kind of an odd premise but it works it's unique mantis is a unique superhero show um so there you go they're all kind of unique in their own way and man yeah just give me more g versus a baby
0: yes yes please yes please
1: i know we're wrapping up right now there, there's a lot to plug right yeah. I mean we've been plugging the whole the whole episode
0: but <laughs> we haven't plugged Cartwright for crying out loud what
1: is, t- tell everybody about
0: Cartwright oh thank you buddy well Cartwright a Seinfeld podcast that we Adam and I are going into our 8th season right now so 8? 8 every single episode of Seinfeld and we've already recorded like the first 3 episodes of season 8 so we are rocking and rolling in, in all things Seinfeld over at Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are also wow. tackling curb your enthusiasm on the Cartwright Patreon as well. So, guys and gals, you, you know at this point, every podcast has a Patreon account. So, support your favorite shows. Uh, go and you know, and if they don't have a, a, a Patreon, go leave five star reviews on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Go leave one for Two Dollar Lafy. Go leave one for the First Noel Chronicles. Go leave one for Cartwright and podcast after dark or leave one for all of the shows on the bfop network but speaking of the first go leave
1: one for action action by the way oh yeah,
0: action action go Uh, leave one for our our pals over at give me back our action movies give me back our horror movies go leave one for ready to retro retro. uh all of our fun little you know uh, non-network shows again like uh the first noel chronicles speaking of diallo what you got going on over there buddy what you want to plug
2: the first noel chronicles
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh
2: yes first noel chronicles it is a story uh that is basically uh the lord of the rings meets christmas i am uh, really excited about the next few chapters i'll be releasing um it is a podcast with me reading as an audiobook um with a little music in the background at various points to heighten the, the dramatic feeling um and uh you can also read the i released the uh, written chapters um simultaneously when i released the podcast and that can be found on kindle vella if you just search for the first noel chronicles um under a diallo jackson and um, and uh it is on all major podcasting platforms
0: and go read angela and the dark on Comixology. it's an awesome comic book that Diallo wrote with uh, with awesome art by Russell Fox.
2: Yeah, Russell is in another level of stratosphere right now. <laughs> like I'm watching a lot of the artwork he's doing just in general, and I'm always grateful when I see him doing other projects. Like, wow, I get to work with him, and that's um, really great. And um, he's also uh, become a really good friend as well. So. Um, we have a lot of in store in the future with Angela and the dark, um, and hopefully it becomes a favorite of, uh, kids and it's particularly young girls moving down the road and also, um, back in production on my other project ears, which I finally am going to be able to, to put the nail in <laughs> and finish that one. It's been a long yeah. time coming, I, uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a grinder, so I just keep, keep going until I'm done. And, uh. Finally, it looks like the door is opening, so I can kind of get the final moves on this one.
0: I love it. I, that that makes me so happy to hear. I love the Ears Project. Um, it's been, you know, in, in your life as, as long as I have been. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that one. Uh, Zach, what you got going on over at $2 leafy I know that you, you're you going to be kicking off, uh, what, season three soon?
1: Season three, yeah. yeah. By, by the time you guys... By the time this episode airs, uh, we have already launched season three of $2 late fee, uh, and we're kicking it off in a big way. We're we're talking about 1982's Megaforce and the song Megaforce by the band 707, and... Uh, Pop culture moments from 1982, of which there are quite a few really fun, unique ones that cross all like genres, comic books, video games, toys, movies, et cetera, et cetera, music. Uh, that is our pre-episode to our upcoming interview with Barry Boswick, a.k.a. Ace Hunter from Megaforce. Um, he was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show, which most people will know him for. Spin City. He talks about both of those. Uh, but, but we spend the majority of the time talking about Megaforce, which he was happy to do. One of the coolest dudes, uh, we've ever met the, in, in this interview series that we always do on the show. So go check us out in $2 late fee. It's a lot of fun. This, this episode, uh, might possibly be one of our funnest episodes. Funnest? Yeah. Uh, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining.
0: (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. And yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's sacrilegious or not, but spin city is always what pops in my head first when I think of Barry Bostwick.
1: Well, I will like little, little fun fact or a little, I'll I'll sprinkle this in. So after we finished the interview with Barry Bostwick, he, he, we kind of exchanged email messages back and forth. And he said, thank you so much for not asking me for the umpteenth time what it was like to work with Tim Curry. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he's like thank you for making it about me and I'm like you do realize you have a huge fan base. Um but the the guy is really cool. Spin City he he told some really cool things about working with Michael J. Fox. Okay, um cool. very unique things. So I don't think you're going to hear it anymore cuz the guy actually doesn't really do interviews. And how we got that interview, well, you're just going to have to listen to $2 Late Fees episode.
0: Nice, nice. Because it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so go, go check out late fee. Go check out Angela in the Dark. Go check out the first Noel Chronicles. Go check out Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And go check out every single show on the BFOP network. Talking Back, Blast From Our Past, Action, Action, People Don't Forget, Throwback Trivia, Takedown. And of course, go check out all of our, our friends, you know, the friends of the show. Go check out Ready to Retro. Go check out Give Me Back My Action Movie. Uh, give me back my horror movies go check out all the shows that we that we love Uh, the nerd twins go check them out and uh, yeah we're always having a good time over here and guys and gals as you know next time will be a cartoon episode and uh, i love those so much maybe it's because oh, yeah. they take a lot less pre uh, pre-prep <laughs> <laughs> but, but but they're fun episodes to do i love these episodes too by the way they're they're a lot of fun but uh yeah next time we are going to be doing a cartoon episode and i'm going to be talking to the boys offline right now about which what my pick is but i don't want to put it on, on out there just yet because What if it's not, like, on YouTube or something, right? Like, what if I say it, and then we can't fucking find it, like,
2: anywhere?
0: (laughs) So I'll talk to the boys afterwards. But, uh, yeah, next uh, next time we're going to be doing a cartoon episode. And as always,
2: we'll catch you on the obscure side.